Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back. All right, this week we're talking about a mental skill, uh, you know, a mindset skill that I think might be arguably maybe the most important one, and that is resilience. Um, And everybody could argue, you know, what's the most important mindset skill, but I really think it's resilience because, you know, a lot happens, (laughs) you know, a lot happens in our dog lives, in our live lives, you know, in sport in general, and we have to be able to you know, get through it and get to the other side of it. And that's always going to mean something different depending on what it is that we need to get over or get through or get past or overcome. Because all of those things and many more are going to happen in the course of our dog handling careers, right? Um, It's everything from you know, missing the finals to, you know, losing a dog to injury to, you know, uh, you know, having to switch sports because your dog can't do the sport that you really love anymore because of whatever reason. I mean, there's so many things to get over, to get through, to get past, to work on. And most of those are not the big things, right? Most of the things um, that take us out interestingly to me, are not the big life events that you would imagine, right? I mean, yes, losing a dog, just did it, horrible, don't recommend, you know, zero out of 10, do not recommend. Um, But the things that really eat at confidence, the really things that eat at our mindset and our ability to walk into the ring that perform are not that right? What it is, is that the frustrations, the mental errors, the mistake that we made three times, the fact that our dog isn't getting, we don't think, isn't getting better at something, you know? And so we're constantly nagging at ourselves, right? We're constantly, you know, battling ourselves with our own self-talk. And those are the things that really erode our self-confidence. And then our, when we walk into the ring, we walk into the ring with doubt. We walk into the ring with fear and uncertainty, and we just don't know how it's going to go. And that is the stuff that really starts to erode our self-confidence, the way we see ourselves, the, the, the way we walk into a ring, the way we walk into a ring, either knowing it's going to go great or knowing it's going to go terribly because both are true, right? It, we, we do what we believe, right? We are what we believe. Um, our experiences are what we believe they will be. And so it's really important that we get our mindset right. Obviously, I would feel this way. Um, but it's really important to build the skill of being resilient. And I do believe it's learnable. I do believe that we can learn to be more resilient. Um, I do believe that maybe some people 
you know, it, it might seem on the outside are naturally more good, more good at it. Mm. Wow, English. I'm not more good at English. They're naturally better at it than others, but I really think that they just prioritized it in their lives or they had to prioritize it in their lives. Something happened when they were kids or whatever, or they were on the swim team as a kid or whatever it was that really taught them how to bounce back, to bounce through something, to get to the other side of something and not let it affect them in their next performance. And I think that that is learnable, but I also think it's hard, right? It's one of those things that's like sounds easy, but is really difficult to execute. And so I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about the place that grit, this idea of grit has in this conversation. Grit is something I think of, first of all, it's such a great word, right? Grit, you know, and it almost makes you like, you know, grit. And so I think because of that, really, people think of grit as being tough and just only being tough, that you can't, that there's no room to be soft. You know, grit is a Navy SEAL, you know, grit is, you know, really pushing through something and, and being hard and, and all of these things that come along with it. And quite frankly, I think a lot of it really has to do with the sound of the word, that it's grit, you know, or maybe it's just me, that you grit your teeth or you grit and bear it and all of these things. And so, but I would say that when it comes to grit and and resilience and what it is, what it means to really stick with something and see something through to the other side and be willing to work and yeah, be willing to suffer a little bit, right? Because success isn't in a straight line. You know, there's ups and downs and suffering and some, you know, classes or lessons you'll go to and you'll be like the freaking rock star. And the next one you're like, I don't, no, is this my first dog, my first day, right? And it just feels like that. And so you have to be able to see it through. But I personally don't believe that that means you have to be tough. I don't believe that being mentally strong means necessarily being tough. I think that we can be soft and we can allow the hurts and the disappointments to have time and space to be processed in our brains and in our hearts without having to just put on this really rock hard brick wall exterior and just power through and, you know, set all that quote soft stuff off to the side and just do whatever it takes to get it done. And so I want to make sure that there's space in this conversation for that aspect of it, because to me, developing a resilience that lasts is making sure that you have space to honor Um, both the stuff that sucks, right? And be able to really process that, but also know how to pick yourself up and move forward back towards your goals, right? I want to be able to honor the dog that I just lost, right? In all the ways that she shaped me and changed my life and changed my career as a dog handler, right? I mean, it's like can't even calculate that right now. And I want to be soft enough to, you know, break into tears randomly at a stoplight like I did yesterday (laughs) for no good reason, you know, um, actually very good reason, but also be able to pick myself up and say, hey, I've got other dogs, you know, I need to keep moving forward. And how do I go about that? So we want to make room for disappointment and to be disappointed. You know, I always say one of the 
biggest things in bouncing back or being resilient is to know what it is that you need and to know to really process what it is that happened. And if we're in trying to do that back-to-back classes, yeah, not so much time for processing. We got to be able to promise ourselves that we'll process it later or really go through it later, but now we really need to focus forward. But the other part of that is, is that you want to be able to learn from the experiences and be able to add those experiences to your toolkit, right? All of the wonderful things we get out of that, we need to be, they need to be additive. So we want to be able to process it. We want to be able to ask ourselves, what do we need to move forward? And then we want to be able to make a new plan. And we need to be able to do that at speed, if it's literally happening between a morning class and an afternoon class, or maybe even between one dog's run and the next dog's back-to-back run, that you need to like get it together and get back out there. Um, or you need, you might have time, you might have the evening to be able to process that, figure out what you need and figure out a new plan, right? So it depends. It, this is applicable to everything in our dog sports. All right. So hang on one second. I literally have to check on why a puppy is quiet. (laughs) Okay. I have a quick question for you. Have you ever thought about coaching? Because one-on-one coaching lets us dive into your specific challenges and create tailored solutions. Because at the end of the day, no one has your exact challenges. And we all know that everyone has different goals. So through coaching, you'll get that breakthrough faster, basically. And I know it's true because I see it in my clients week after week. So if you're ready to take your mental game to the next level, let's chat. Okay, back to the show. Okay, Himalayan Chu rediscovered she's good now for at least five seconds. Anyway, so when we work through our resilience and we try to build the skill of being resilient... Again, we don't want to do it with just sheer determination and shut our emotions off and just be, you know, hard and tough and all of those words. We want to be able to understand and honor the parts of it that need to be processed and we want to be able to work through it constructively. If you, you know, bottle it up, whatever your word is, put it on a shelf, put it in a, you know, lock, put it in a lockbox or whatever and never deal with it, chances are you're going to be met with that same challenge over and over again until you get better at it. So it's not a great strategy. However, it could be good in a pinch if you're running dogs back to back or something and you need to just focus. All right. And in that case, what I would say to you is that the present is your friend, right? Making sure that your mind gets back to the present and what is happening right now and what it is that you can do something about right now and what it is that you need to do with the dog that you have in front of you or at the end of the leash or whatever right now is your friend because whatever it is that is hurting you, like, you know, again, no matter how big it is, is if it's a big hurt or you just screwed up, you know, your last run, um, or anything in between there, you know, you need to be able to remember that that's in the past. I can process the lessons out of that. I'll have time to do that. I want to do that. I want to learn from this. But right now I have to do, you know, run my next dog and my next dog is in the present moment. So I feel like the people who are really fast 
at being resilient, meaning they don't need a lot of time to process what happened. They don't need to, you know, go off and finish a pint of Ben and Jerry's before they can come back to the ring. You know, they're good to go seemingly in an instant, right? Because you don't know what's really going on in their heads or how much work that they've done. So let's not make judgments from the outside. But I feel like the people who are really good at that or seem really fast at it are the people who understand how to get back in the present moment. And I think that is key to everything in sports, quite frankly. It's a it's the key of how to get, quote, in the zone, right? The zone, that coveted zone being, being present, it, it, it is found in the present moment, rather. All right. That's the only place where that lives. That that idea where you can, or that concept, it's not an idea, it's a real thing. That thing where you can shut out the rest of the world and, you know, time kind of goes away. You don't know anything else what's, hap- what's happening outside in the outside world other than your run and you're truly in the zone. That happens only in the present moment. So when we hang on to or when we keep replaying these mistakes that we made, whether we made them this morning or whether we made them a month ago or last year at the same event, um, those things that we're replaying, we're bringing them with us into the present moment. They don't exist in the present until we bring them there. And we're just like mucking up the situation, right? We're just bringing that stuff forward where it's not helpful. Like if you can bring the lesson forward, right? If it was a year ago at the same trial and you were like, you know what? Last year when I was here, this I made this particular mistake and I'm not going to make that mistake again because I'm going to, I have a plan that includes me doing it the way I want to do it, or I visualized doing it the correct way. That is brilliant. That's the way to take something that happened and turn it into a lesson and then execute in the present moment based on that experience and now wisdom. But to just keep dragging the past out and being like, oh, this one time, this one time, this one time, like that is not helpful. So again, I think the people who are really quote, fast at being able, or they appear to be super resilient even in the moment, are the people that truly understand that the only thing you can do anything about right now is the present moment. You can run the dog that you have now. You can run, you know, the run that is next, the course, the the whatever, the pattern, whatever awaits you, that's all you can do. And so being able to do that I think is something that we really need to all practice. And the good news is, is in the rest of our lives, right, in our life lives, um, you know, there's a lot that happens and goes wrong all day, (laughs) right? So great, good news. You have a lot of opportunities to practice, okay? And so I want you to kind of do that, right? As you go through a day, really think about how you can get back into the present moment or when you're feeling your mind wandering, are you wandering like toward the negative or toward the past or toward mistakes? Or are you wandering toward vi- visualization and imagination where you're imagining and visualizing things going right? That you're imagining taking those lessons and turning them into, you know, executable gold, right? That you are going to be a different, a better handler as a result of this happening to you. And again, not saying you don't make time to process, especially the really tough moments, but sometimes processing 
might just mean grabbing the lesson and taking it forward. Other times processing might be, you know, having a good cry at the bottom of a Ben and Jerry's, right? All right. It's whatever you need. The difference is, is know that when you walk into the ring, you can only be in the present moment. And so our ability to practice getting into the present and practice either not necessarily letting go, I think that almost minimizes some things, but being able to set it aside, you know, or being able to, you know, promise yourself that you'll process it later because right now you've got something to go do. You have a dog that needs you. You have a run to go really think about. You've got to go walk a course. You know, you've got to, you know, I mean, we've had those days, right? You have a terrible run. You know, you put your dog in the crate nicely, you, um, you know, and you give them the appropriate amount of jackpot, you know, depending on all of the emotions. But then you've got to be like, sorry, Fido, got to go. I got to go walk the next course. And so in those moments, we don't really have time, you know, to really think it through. And maybe even like, you know, understanding what happened in that run isn't really necessary in order for you to make run the next run. So really think about that. You can be like, yep, I can process. Just tell yourself, like make a little promise to yourself in that moment. Like I'm going to process this later. I'm going to look at the video later. I'm not going to do it now. I've got another run to do or another course to walk or, you know, I got to go get ready for this other, you know, the stays or whatever it is. And so we're going to set that aside for now. And I'm going to go get in the present and get my mind back in the game. All right. And I really think that where that starts is practicing being in the present moment, practicing focusing only on what is happening right now. Of course, meditation, sorry, but meditation is a really great way to do that. I should, I should stop saying sorry because I'm not sorry. I, meditation is a really great way to do that. And I know a lot of people resist meditating. And just my two cents on that is that I feel like people who don't like to meditate it meditate haven't found um, a meditation practice that works for them because meditating can be just going for a walk with your dogs even which we do and where it's like you go for a walk with your dogs and you're only like focusing on the sounds you're only focusing on bird sounds or something like that what we're doing in those moments which seemingly is very simple is we're teaching our mind to stay here stay with me stay in the present moment stay here now instead of when we let our minds just like kind of wander to and fro and next thing you know, you're somehow thinking of your like high school nemesis and starting to Google her name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoa, how did I get here? You know what I mean? That's when we let our minds go, we end up in crazy places. Same goes for our mental mindset and our mental game at a trial. When we let ourselves go and we let ourselves entertain the past or catastrophic thinking or all of the ways it can go wrong, well, then we end up there, right? So when we meditate, and even if we do a walking meditation in the woods, in your suburban neighborhood with your dogs, or even if you can like sit quietly somewhere or lay quietly somewhere for five minutes, doesn't take long. And if you can work up to meditation, to meditating longer, what that does is it trains your mind to be able to stay in the present. Because all meditation is, is really saying, nope, I said I was going to focus on birds, so I'm not going to think about my groceries. Or, you know, I'm just going to listen to sounds today. Or, you know, just saying like, nope, I'm just going to focus on my breathing right now. And I'm just focusing on your breathing. The thing is, is that 
as busy as the world gets and with how we're inundated with all of the messages and this quote multitasking and, you know, which is really just bouncing from topic to topic, we have lost the ability to stay here now. And that's what meditation does. So sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Um, But I think that that is one way to practice being in the present moment, which will then help you become more resilient because it helps you get back to the present moment which again is the only time and place you can do anything about, all right? The other ways to get good at resilience is to, again, when you promise yourself that you're gonna come back to something and process it, do, right? Give yourself that courtesy, right? That grace to process whatever it is that needs to be processed. And if you need to watch the video to figure out the mistake that you made, great, but then, you know, either throw away the video or edit it down so that you're not just watching the mistake over and over. You're actually watching all the good things that happened as well, right? You want to, again, get the lesson, leave the rest. So doing what you need to do to process it emotionally or mentally or from a skills perspective, or maybe you watch the video again and you write down like, hey, uh, this is this sequence or this part, these exercises are hard for me. When I go back to my instructor this week, I'm going to take these three things and say like, hey, I need to work on these three things. That's a gold star, right? That's what we want to do. And when we do that and we get in the habit of taking the feedback and, and make taking action based on that, our minds start to trust us, right? Our minds start to trust that, oh, I really am going to process this later. I trust myself that I'm going to take any mistakes, shortcomings, what have you, and I'm going to work on them becoming better. And that's how we keep promises to ourselves. And that's really important because when we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust that we will come back to it, or we don't trust that we will put a plan together to improve on this, or we don't trust that we are getting better or what have you. That is kind of like this unspoken erosion that happens in our brains. Um, And we really then start to build doubt around that. So then we obsess about it because part of our brain's going like, you're not coming back to this. You're not going to process this. You're not going to train for this. You're not going to do anything about this. So we better think about this now, right? Whereas my brain trusts me that like, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to come back to it. Even if I make a note, my brain lets it go. Have you ever done that? We're like, as soon as you write it down, your brain's like, oh, thank you, because I was sure you were going to forget, you know? And as soon as we write it down, make a note, make a commitment that we're going to come back to it or that we won't forget, then our brain sort of goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I trust you. I trust you. So we need to build that trust in ourselves, of ourselves, in order to be able to move forward and be able to get back into the present. Otherwise, your brain just goes, you're going to forget, you're going to forget, don't forget, don't forget. I said, don't forget. Oh my God, this thing just happened. Are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it? And it just rattles on. Or maybe that's just my brain talking. And that's how annoying my brain is. Um, but I think we're all a little like that, right? We get stuck. We get like this, that, that's why like a broken record. That's why baggage. That's why all of these analogies are very common analogies because that's what it feels like. It feels like a broken record over and over again in our mind. Or it feels like our baggage is just getting just chock full of mistakes. And that's what we're dragging into the ring as soon as we walk to the start line. Like who wants to drag all that with you? So when we, again, we talk about being resilient, I'm giving you strategies and ideas to start working on that and start prioritizing being a resilient handler. 
because success is not a straight line, right? It is bumpy and curvy and seven steps back when you take two steps forward. I mean, it is a mess sometimes, or at least it feels that way. And so in order to ride that out, you have to learn to be able to uh, get back in the present moment, understand and trust yourself that that's the only thing you could do anything about in this moment and that you will, you are improving, you have a growth mindset, you trust yourself, you're building this back and you're going to get to the other side of this better, stronger, faster, right? And so we want to really build that resiliency in ourselves so that we can get ourselves out of bed and do it again. And the last thing about the kind of getting ourselves out of bed part is that if it's a really big thing and you are really struggling with like, you know, I don't know why, is it even worth doing? Should I give up the sport? Do I, why even bother? You do need to go back into your why. Like, why do you do dog sports to begin with? You know, what is the importance of this? Like, why do you love to do it? Why is it worth it? Because at the end of the day, you know, there are so many, you know, we, we think about like all of the effort we do um, for a weekend that might be like a couple minutes of running, right? We're only really in the ring, like what, like 10, 5, 10 minutes, depending on what we're doing and how many runs and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we're not in the ring long and yet there's a lot of effort and a lot of practice and a lot of just a lot of stuff that goes on in order to get us there. And you're doing that for a reason, right? You're going through all of that for a reason and because it means something to you and you're passionate about it. So make sure that your why is part of this conversation to get you motivated again, to get you to work through it again, to get you to find a solution if something has been ongoing or is frustrating you, or to get you to go back to class and bring this little nugget, you know, of feedback with you so that your instructor or someone else can help you through it. All right. So, but remember, everything happens in the present moment. So we want to get really good at getting back to the present faster and faster and faster. And then you will be one of those enviable handlers who, you know, seemingly the wheels can come off in one class and they walk right back into the ring with another dog and they're lay it down beautifully. Right. So that's what we strive for. It is possible with a growth mindset. It is possible. This is a learnable skill. So as you're, you know, heading out this week, I want you to think about that in ways that you can be resilient. There are already areas of your life where you are resilient. So make sure that you're borrowing from that. And as always, no matter what you're up to this week with your dogs, I hope you have a fantastic time. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.